Bid Clips presents Today in Trades, all things sales, technology, and success for entrepreneurs in the home and business service industry. I'm your host, Jim Evans. All right, here we are with Today in Trades. Um, what a great week, Mickey, for us to be um, broadcasting. Um, we have some amazing guests today, but before we introduce them on the show, um, let's talk a little bit about how things are going. How's your week been going in light of Corona and the COVID situation and uh, how you doing? Um, I'm doing okay. I mean, the governor here in Montana just extended the um, stay at home until April 24th, which means that my kids are officially out of school and I'm still homeschooling until then. And it is the worst thing I have ever, ever done. Um, How close are you to killing your children on a scale of zero to Carol Baskins? Um, five. Okay. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully this passes soon enough. Yeah. It's uh, hard because, because kids like, I, I'm like, do you do this stuff in school? Are you not paying attention like this and just talking all the time and like picking your nose at school or is it just here when you're trying to do it at home, but kids are not self-starters. Like they do not think that if they are home that they should have to be doing this work. And so they'll just sit there with like tears in their eyes all day. And then I have to be yelling at them. So yes, it's going horrible over here. Um, this last week, how's your week been? Uh, good. Uh, Well, uh, the best part of my week was actually 20 minutes ago when we started the podcast and, (laughs) and your son rolls through the door, uh, (laughs) on a hoverboard and delivers water uh, to you. Yeah. And that's obviously special to my heart because we actually have a hoverboard in the BidClips office, in the Today in Trades office that we mm-hmm. ride around occasionally. So don't be surprised if you guys see some of that in future episodes. So um, before we begin, I just want to let everyone who's new listening, this is uh, BidClips presents Today in Trades. This is all things sales, technology, and success for entrepreneurs in the home, auto, and business services industry. So if you're a technician riding a truck, welcome. If you're an ISR who's forced at home with five kids watching Tiger King while trying to invoice jobs and talk to customers, welcome. Um, and if, uh, if you're in some other industry and you just happen to like our podcast because we try to be funny, um, welcome. So let me introduce our, our guest today. Um, this is really exciting for me. So uh, background, as you know, uh, I had started a company years ago that we still have. Um, it's part of the Big Clips family, and it's called Service Station. And it's a remote sales team and uh, ISR team, which is inside service reps. And uh, about 2010, we needed to be able to take a remote team because uh, we had a bunch of glass shops, family shops in Montana that... Um, Basically, it was, we had to isolate, we wanted to isolate a great dedicated customer service team. And let's be honest, when you're driving a van, you're working in a shop, it's really hard to stay focused. So we created a remote team so that each phone call and each customer interaction um, can be a lot more focused. It also allowed me to bring on guys like the guests I'm going to um, announce here, um, higher quality individuals who want the ability to work remote. Um, make a little bit of money, and both of them were attending school and college when they started, um, and now they're they're young professionals and contributors to the economy. Um, so this is a fantastic walk down memory lane. So I'm going to introduce first is uh, is Caleb Schwartzma. He's one of our longtime what we call slaymen, which they will talk hello, about hello. later, and uh, he hails from Colorado Springs via, via virtual uh, here with his little blue sheet backdrop and his uh, very professional headphones and headsets and then we've got gabe who's hailing the uh the from custer montana where he's at his family ranch probably the safest in the country hello and uh he is holding a phone up to his ear like it's (laughs) 1999 because he rolls og like that so uh welcome welcome gentlemen um let's get underway uh you know tell us a little bit about yourself tell us uh uh what you're doing now and uh why are you on this podcast do you, you want me to start or what? Well, don't talk over each other. Yeah, yeah, no, no, right no, no, you go. No, I am no, you go. Let me go ahead and go first. All right. Um, <laughs> uh, like you said, I'm Caleb Schertzma. I uh, worked for Service Station on and off for four years before it transitioned to BitClips. I, I think uh, if you guys have listened to the first episode and you talked to, Abel, or you listened to Abel Blue talk, he was the original, the OG of Service Station. 
he was in around when Jim and him were the only ones taking calls, but I was kind of the second wave of that. So um, I remember the days of handsets. I remember the days of walk writing down all of the information for our locations so that we could literally do math on the, the piece of paper in order to price things, which just seems like ages ago and is absurd now um, with all our widgets and all the stuff that goes on now. But anyway, um, I am living in Colorado Springs now. I manage a Chipotle that I started working at about September of last year of 2019. Um, so that is really interesting, especially in the economic climate we're in now, um, which obviously that's a whole nother rabbit hole that we could talk about, but I won't go into hugely, but um, I enjoy it for the most part. Um, a lot of shifts are like babysitting teenagers. Um, which is what a lot of people are doing in their homes now. So, so now you know uh, what I felt like all those years. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but, uh, but man, and I feel like it's just some days, like I, I work with a lot of miners on some of my shifts, and they just, unless you're talking to them constantly, they're going to mess around and do whatever they want and not get any work done. So it's frustrating to a point, but you know what? Like, I was for a long time, I was going to go into teaching as my major. So I guess it's just practice for life, you know? Well, we're going to talk uh, about that real quick, a little bit. So, um, Caleb, believe it or not, was one of those, uh, teenagers uh, when I first <laughs> met him. And, um, and this is going to be great perspective now. And that's one of the reasons I chose him because he, he can ha he has a really good comparison between remote work and physical work and he, and he can speak really well to the strengths and weaknesses. Um, so let's talk about that a little bit. We have, um, we met, so I was working with Abel. He's correct. I had actually had six or seven other um, remote team members prior, but at the time it was Abel and I and Eric Homack and a few others and um, Caleb. And everyone's like, you got to get Caleb in here. He'd be perfect. You know, he's fun. He's competitive. And you know, back then guys, uh, listeners, I really wanted, we really wanted to attract people who were competitive, who would, earn the customer's trust that would sell the job that would take care of customers. Kind of like right now in this climate, in the Corona climate, we've got to have workers and workforce remote that are going to be self-starters. And I know for me, competition is a good self-starter and Caleb's one of the most competitive people I've ever met. So finally, after tracking him down and calling him and getting ghosted, as the kids would say many times, um, finally, I, I got a hold of him, met him. He's, he's been a dear friend to me, um, as well as uh, just a really important part of our, our business over the years. And he was in college. He was studying to be a teacher, you know, and he wanted to travel around the world and, and see some things. And that was one of of the things that was appealing from us is that you know with remote work you can see the, the world and so Caleb was planning to go to Europe and this is where I get to introduce Gabe and Gabe I have known for a long time and uh, Gabe and, and Caleb were friends and, and you guys will have to clean this story up if I'm missing details but Gabe calls me and, and you know, I'd, I'd wanted him to work with us forever and we'll talk about this later in the podcast uh, you can really attract great people when you offer remote work because it is, it's doesn't feel like a luxury right now when we want to, you know, like pull our hair out, but overall, what a great opportunity to be close to our families and kids to see the world, to, to work where we are. And back then it was not as easy. So we're gonna talk about that too. So Gabe called me and said, Hey, I'm ready to come to work for service station. And I said, why? <laughs> and he said, I want to go to Europe and with Caleb and, and do some traveling. And I think I can figure this out. And I remember saying to him, are you, are you sure? Cause it usually takes about six months or so like a year to learn how to sell auto glass and, you know, and home windows and just to, to just work in our trades industry is not something you can just do. You know, you have to learn a lot. And, uh, and he's like, no, I got this. I can do it. And I was like, I loved his competitive drive. So Gabe came into my work life. He had been a friend, but he came to my work life that day. And I, I remember um, he just hit the ground running and Caleb was kind of, not only was Caleb like, pricing things on his paper, but also trying to make his own quota. He's also Jim, you're sitting telling my story. Gabe. So I know you're, you're you telling guys, my story. I have so much I want to interject here. Then dive right in. So <laughs> yeah, welcome, yeah. Gabe. I've, I've also been debating interjecting at different points. So I guess we'll dive, do it. Right, Just dive right. in. Cool, cool. Well, let me, let me introduce myself. Uh, my name's Gabe. Uh, I am, I'm, I was a home, a homeschooler. So Mickey, I know your kids are going through, uh, I'm going through it and, uh, Howley. Gabe Howley. Yes. You Gabe Howley. Thank LinkedIn. you. Anything else? And, uh, I live, I currently work for the bid clips team. I do outside sales with, uh, 
new franchises and businesses, getting them to use the platform. But I started out as a, a lowly windshield salesman, uh, answering inbound phone calls for glass shops across the country. And I would try and slay the appointment and set them up with uh, a new windshield. So I had Caleb was my teacher. So that's kind of our, like, what is it? Uh, Padawan Jedi kind of yeah. thing. I don't know how that works. You know, I'm more Lord of the Rings guy, but yeah. Which is, yeah. Which is funny because Gabe was my teacher. Yeah, we all, it's very oh, nice. oh, circle. circular in this. Yes, yes. <laughs> and let's talk about what year, what year was that? Talk about the like landscape of when, of the technology. Because right now that's not as scary to be like, we can just go work together. Yeah. What, tell me your setup. So that what was, was your electrical setup to do this? Like, that was about six, what, six years ago now? Roughly. Yeah. I had just gotten done with my first year of ministry school out in California. Shout out to BSN. And then I... This is my little brother so like, hey, Gabe, let's go to Europe. Let's travel to Europe for the summer. And the year right, before, we've done this ballet job. And I'm like, Gabe's brother yeah, works Garth, for the company. Who also well. works for Service Nation. Yes. Gar- yeah. Garth, I totally forgot Garth was supposed to go. And then Garth pulled a Garth and didn't show. Frankly, yeah. Well, yeah. He, he was there. That's a, that's a whole other story for another time. But <laughs> we he ended up bailing out. And then I'm like, well, me and Caleb are still going, but I needed to work. Because um, I was like, well, I don't really have the money to you know, just spend a whole summer in Europe without being able to do it, you know, without the pay for everything. So I talked to Caleb, who was working for service station at the time. He's like, Hey, just get a job with Jim. So I called and Jim had asked me a few times, but it was like, you know, and it's like the popular thing to do because everybody's doing it. My, you know, my best friend, <laughs> Abel was doing Caleb and um, I guess that was it. And then Jim owned it. So like, I don't know if I want to do that. Yeah, it was in two thousand thirteen. You know, there weren't a lot of jobs where you could literally just go work uh, remotely. It let's just no, exactly. no, just no. Mm-hmm. wasn't a thing unless you were like a high end of a company or you had a whole home setup. Well, you listen, know, t- we brought we brought physical handsets with. Yeah, us. Yeah, let's talk right. about the setup. Talk about your backpack yes. before you guys left yes. to Europe. I brought two backpacks, like two full size backpacks, because <laughs> I. Like I had to put all my and, work and didn't one of them yeah. get stolen? They sure, yes, in the train station in Milan, yes, and it was terrible. It was, was it your bid clip or was it your service it was the one station backpack? Yes, my laptop, or your yes, my laptop was, oh, gone. No. was gone. Yes, it was a tragic, tragic day. And Gabe just slept right next to me on the bench, didn't even care, <laughs> allowed this person to steal my phone. <laughs> and we have, and now, we have so many, so many knows, of those we stories had, where in, we were so close. In our setups, we had. 50 foot cables of ethernet. That's what I was told to bring. And then a laptop and then a plastic like office phone, which is, you know, bulky and whatever, you know, we were walking around and having to set these up in public places sometimes. And we're asking people to use their routers because that's the only way you could do it is plug right into the router. We didn't have any voice, voice over IP, you know, laptop setups. So So as your boss, boss, what did I tell you guys were my requirements for travel? What were my only few requirements for you? Just make sure that you were on when you were scheduled to be on. And certain internet speed we had to have right, a fast right, enough yeah, internet yeah. Speed. oh internet speed and yeah. back then guys you had to ha- we had to have access to a router because we had to plug our phones into right. the router so these guys would go to airbnb which was a brand new company believe it or not mm-hmm. and like ask the mm-hmm. landlords if they had a router which the landlords were already like you know learning how to rent to people well and not, so- not only that but some of them didn't speak english like one of ours in italy yeah didn't speak any English. So we're trying to communicate via Airbnb about whether they have a router. And then at the time, if people were just enthusiastically saying yes, it was like, well, we don't even know if they understand what we're actually saying here. So hopefully they put it into Google Translate. <laughs> and actually know what we're saying because and, and, and most of the time on uh, this is where the you know the whole point of this podcast is to show both the boss's side and then the worker's side because all of you out there listening some of you guys are bosses with people working at home some of you are working at home and we want both of you to get a takeaway here for me they would say oh yeah yeah we got it and then of course i'm kind of like well are you sure google translate didn't translate sure. router into sure. basic wi-fi with no yeah. signal you know and, and there was many times they'd call yeah. me and say jim i we don't have what we need and here's the cool part about remote work i would be like figure it out and these guys had to learn and i know yeah. at the time it was painful they had to learn i remember when caleb called me and said his backpack was stolen in Milan. on one hand i'm like that really sucks. Like a little brother, like a friend of mine, like that blows the business out of me. This is like 30 to 40% of my whole workforce. And I'm just like, figure it out, go buy one, steal one, rob one. You got to be live. We need to work. So there's this fine line in remote work as you guys are finding to 
taking care of it, it actually creates some self-starters. Mickey had talked about that with kids, being able to like have to plug in and meet that expectation. And I, I was loving about it, but I tried to make sure these guys knew, you know, we have to deliver our product. The customer doesn't care if they're in Milan or Switzerland. And then they did a great job. I want to give them credit. I mean, he quickly replaced the laptop, quickly got live again. Um, there were times, and I want to lead into another story I, want to, I wanted to ask you guys. Well, I want also, to hear the rest of Gabe's well, story first. Well, yeah, go ahead. And then we'll, well, I think we'll lead And on it. this, on Jim, on your topic there, we really felt the weight because there was no backup. You know, I think it was what you and Abel, and we're, had Abel gone at that point. No, it was how many people were on the team? Eric, yeah, we had a couple of right. people, but so you guys were a big part. If of we didn't, business. yeah, if we didn't get on and cover the phone lines, like we were going to miss out on sales. The company was directly affected by us even missing an hour with the coverage, and so I felt a tremendous amount of responsibility and weight. Like, hey, if we don't get this set up, like we're not going to make money. Our boss is not going to make money, and I think you did a pretty good job of uh, getting us to have like be bought in, and now the well the company did. Well, and Gabe definitely deserves credit for that because I was kind of just floating through life at that point. Like, I mean, I always wanted to make the trip and all of the money I was making at the time was a huge bonus. Like, I didn't need the money from the job to actually live. Like, I would have probably been broke at the, when I left, right, when I came back to the country. But I would have been able to survive on what I had at the time. Gabe had nothing. So every time he got a paycheck, he'd blow it on, like, espressos at a, at a cafe. And I'm like... <laughs> Gabe, stop buying things for people. Like you don't have money, but at the same time, he's very generous of spirit. And it was, and you know, it's just, it's just Gabe being Gabe. But there were times I was like, like, why are you buying this for random strangers, like or people that we're staying with? Like you can't afford this. I will buy things. So what I'm hearing is it kind of taught you guys management, money management. Let's talk about the motivation. So what did we do to help you guys uh, know how you were doing? Because I certainly can't manage you. I didn't know what you're buying espressos. I was sleeping most of the time you guys were working, <laughs> right? So talk, to, talk about how we did that to where you guys have that motivation. Because Mickey brought up a good point. In today's world, how do we know our remote workers are working? Yeah. Caleb, can I go first? Because I have yeah, go to do with you. Well, so I was being trained on the, on the job. Like I was literally thrown in the fire. And Caleb had a very much so like, hey, just pick up the phone and start doing it and we'll teach as we go. So for the first, I don't know, week to two weeks, I was like answering a phone call and then looking at Caleb as I'm talking to the customer and just repeating back what the customer said, like, mm -hmm. can you do this yep. here? Can you do this there? And I and nodding the, I think I my own calls. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> so it kind of through that, like as Caleb was also coaching me, but also trying to make sales because the way we answered phones back in those days where the first one to answer it got to make the sale. You know, there was no like round robin or like call queue. It was answer it. Whoever gets answer it first gets it. And so we were constantly in like a little bit of a race to answer the phone call. And as I would do that, um, I would just, you know, think about like, okay, I need to make this sale and Caleb would be right there. And so I was very much motivated in competition, you know, trying to do as best as I could. And I think Caleb and correct me if I'm wrong, that you probably answer the phone calls maybe a little bit faster than you normally would have had I not been right there 100%. and vice versa. Yep. Not initially, initially yeah. obviously, it was like, I would let Gabe take what he wanted if he was comfortable. It was like, you know what, if you want this one, or if it was a difficult one, we could transfer it at the time because, yeah. you know, sometimes it was slow. Sometimes we would, I mean, at that time, we were putting calls on hold, right? Right. Like, so you'd answer right. one, yeah. and then if another one came in, you'd have to answer that and put it on hold. And then sometimes you'd have multiple calls waiting while you were trying to make a sale. So that was incentivizing you to work faster. I mean, that was always the goal at yeah. that time too. Yeah. Well, to and we always, calls, yeah, you know, we always used to say create, ur create urgency. And I will say right. um, that if you want a remote work team to be successful, even today, you've got to create an urgency so that they're excited to kind of get up, get started, get going, because it's like, I got to keep moving. The other way to do that, it was through a dashboard. I know we always tried to make your guys' numbers available. And the dashboard's yeah. only gotten better over the years. Now you should see it. It's like NASA command center, the what, what, what Will has created on our team. But back then, we just had a basic spreadsheet. And really, it came down to, to you had to meet your quota to pay for your trip. So Gabe learned really quickly. So the takeaway here is even though we're remote and we're not together, you can still see how your, how your coworkers are working. And if you want to know some more of those tools, we actually have a webinar over on the Big Clips um, uh, uh, website. So you can hop over there and go watch yeah. the webinar and see it if you guys want to see all the tools we use now. But back then, the tool, you don't need a whole lot of tools is what I'm saying. They needed their phone. They needed their numbers that they needed to get to. They needed each other to create some competition and hold each other accountable. And you've got yourself a remote team. So let's not over yeah. either. Now you need a computer though. Yeah. Too. 
Right. Well, we did back then too. And nope. Oh yeah. Tragic, tragic day. Yeah. Well, and honestly, I think you hit the nail on the head, Jim. Like knowing how well we were doing throughout the day was so helpful. I knew if I hit this goal of this amount of sales, then I'd be able to pay for it the next day. Or sure. even though it's you know we get paid every two weeks, it was still this mindset of like knowing how we were doing created momentum to do better or um, incentive to like keep going. So. Nice. And, and let's, let me ask our listeners, do you guys know how your team's doing? And if you don't dive into big club, dive into today, like talk to us, uh, send us messages. We'll help you with that. And a uh, good job gave there the downside of that as an owner or as a boss. And this is to Mickey's point with their own children. That I also found was as soon as you guys made your enough money for your espressos and, and your beer or your stuff, sometimes it was like, I'm there and I'm good. So the next step to a good remote team is to also, and this is what I wish I could go back and tell my younger self to do. I should have made some more stretch bonuses. So they can keep going higher and higher instead of just, you know, getting there. So we learn on the go and don't be afraid to adapt. One of the benefits of a remote team is you can adapt a lot faster than when you have an office. It's harder to break that culture. The remote team, you can, I mean, we change stuff every day. Mickey, we just started using Asana last week. And just three years ago, Mickey would have been like, what? And I would have been like, what? Why are we doing this? Now like, yeah, whatever. We can roll with it because we've now learned how to use some of these basic technologies. Wait, so you're using your laptops in Asana? Yeah, in Asana. <laughs> yes. I, I asked that same question. No, <laughs> apparently it's not Asana, but they kind of baited me in that into it. And so, no, unfortunately, you don't get to sit in a Asana with your laptop. It's just, like, it's wow, just another this, thing I have to do. They really wanted me to pay for Asana. It turns out to be a software, not some actual steam room. Oh, I got, so I got ripped off. <laughs> well, that's that, that's awesome. So let's talk about Switzerland. I think it was Switzerland. Um, one of my favorite stories, the two of you, was Jim. We got a problem. Uh, what's going on, Caleb? So it turns out that the landlord doesn't have doesn't have a, doesn't have access to the modem. Uh, we are in trouble, and I'm like, find a coffee shop, find a library, you know, knock on somebody's door and just ask them if we can sell in their living room. I remember one time I sold in a in a lobby of a hotel for a whole day, <laughs> and yeah. you guys did. And I and I have a picture. I won't bring it up for sake of time, but I have this picture you guys sent me, and this is really a cool moment of being of of leading you guys. All of a sudden, I get a picture, of Mickey. And they're both standing under this uh, sign that says service station. And you guys don't have to tell where it is. And it was yeah, almost so like this, this omen. They found internet. It had this service station. And I'll let you guys tell the rest of the story. But I was like, they figured it out. Like these two knucklehead kids found a way to basically save the day. So talk about that a little bit. So Gabe, this was in Nuremberg for sure was where the, where yeah. the Dunkin' Donuts was. But I don't remember the exact yeah. scenario the Dunkin why... Was. Yeah. So we, we, we yeah, were in a place. We we were staying with. We just got done with the with the Awakening, Awakening Europe conference, right, right. and this was honestly this is the one day we kind of didn't have planned out. I don't yes. know why. I just remember yeah. like we got done and we're like, hey, we have like hours till we need to be somewhere else, but we need to work like now. Yeah. And so we, we just started looking around in downtown Nuremberg for the night or something, but we couldn't check in until after we yes. our shift started or something to that effect um so yeah so we i remember we were in sort of a courtyard type area it was sort of a shopping center i would say but there was yep. like a, a thoroughfare through it where people could walk so there were shops on kind of either side and we're trying to figure out I think at the time I was sort of messaging, I think Travis, to I think Travis was around then talking about how we weren't sure where we we're going to be able to get on. At, at that time, Gabe is running around to every shop, like trying to use their Wi-Fi. Like Gabe, I can just see him negotiating without knowing like, language. Thankfully, Gabe was really, no really forward at that time, right? Because, because if it had just been me, I don't think it would have happened. Like he was the one who would go into these awkward situations and make them Gabe-like and nice. And then I would benefit from it later and be like, okay, cool. You found Wi-Fi. Like, thanks for doing the legwork on this. And so many, so many of our listeners, guys, you're blue collar. We love Dunkin' Donuts. So shout out to them for creating a workspace like right, for, the, so, for the blue collar industry. <laughs> Great so Dunkin' Donuts in Nuremberg. We sat there for like five hours and took calls and bought, I think, two dozen donuts because we felt bad that we were using their Wi-Fi yeah. <laughs> and not doing any or like not giving them any business. So that was probably Gabe's idea too. He was like, so you guys were, you guys were working in the afternoons then in, in the evenings so that it would be like the morning on, exactly. on yeah. America, right? And we started at yep. 6 a.m. Uh, well, 8 a.m. You know, Eastern time. 
but it was 6 a.m. Mountain Time, I guess, would have been my clock at that time. But that we were seven to eight hours ahead of yeah. what what we would have been here. So yeah. that gives you an idea. It was like fascinating. Go ahead, Gabe. Well, this Dunkin' Donuts, I just have to emphasize because it's so weird. Uh, you know, I've never been to one in Europe, but it was more like a club in the back. There's like lounge areas, really cool seating, like multicolored, like big cushions. And so I'm like, oh man, we can like hide away in the back. I remember asking the person in the front about like using the internet and they were kind of like, yeah, just kind of like nodding, you know, when someone assume like, it's just kind of pretending like they know what you mean. And they're like, yeah, sure. So the whole time we're kind of like, I'm pins and needles. As we're working in the back, and, the, and then we're eating tons of donuts, and the people are coming back and like looking at us because we're talking so Very loudly. loudly. We, yep. Me and Caleb are yep. we're probably two of the loudest talkers in Europe <laughs> at the time, you know. Well, and trying to talk <laughs> over the crowd of people too that are that are in Dunkin' Donuts. Well, like, and that's the thing. There were very yeah. few people in the Dunkin' Donuts throughout the day. There were like three or four people that came in to get things otherwise it was just us loudly echoing through the empty space and here's the most here's the most impressive part to me too guys how many times do customers say hey are you in a dunkin donuts in nuremberg i mean these are auto glass customers from all over the u.s no idea no idea because they did a great job they showed up they plugged in they got their work done and we need to do that now so hats off to you guys as i look back like you had great work ethic and i and i granted most of the tension we had was just because you guys were young you know you're different people now right and um yeah and so let's talk about one other thing here so so this isn't the only place what are some of the most random places okay so we call it guys we used in service station we call it slaying the call kind of like you slay a dragon like great customer service uh treat the customer well. And if you can close the job and the customer gives you a, a great rating and they're pumped, that's like, that's slaying a call. That's doing a good job. It's not just making the sale. It's making them be like, I want to meet this guy. Little do they know they're in Switzerland or Montana or Colorado Springs for, for the very beginning of service station. We had a competition of who could sell from the most random spots. And I've had everything from pictures of Caleb's mom's back deck where they're sun tanning and selling to my brother selling from the rooftop of, in, in Las Vegas to, um, to uh, Dunkin', Dunkin' Donuts in Nuremberg. What are some of your guys' um, craziest places you've sold from and what stands out to you the most? <laughs> oh man. Okay, no, okay. All right, we'll talk about Torino because we talked about it a little bit last night. But we... <laughs> We were in an Airbnb in Torino that didn't have a router. Yeah. I I actually vaguely remember the Airbnb. It was super hot there because because, uh, they had had a pitiful little fan. And we were kind of sleeping in a loft. There was a couple beds, I think, in a loft. And then there was a downstairs area. But there was no real discernible host at that point. Like a lot of the places we stayed, if we were staying in a place that was just us, would like the host would be present and would help us out with stuff. But that was one of the times where we just didn't have, we couldn't find the router. We couldn't plug in and didn't work something like that. So, uh, we like walked out onto the street from the place we were and like walked next to storefronts that were next to the sidewalk to see if we could find Wi-Fi. So we're literally sitting on, <laughs> on the sidewalk next to a, a reasonably busy street at this outside this recording studio that that had wi-fi or had some sort of connection that we could sit at were we using wi-fi at that time gabe i'm, I'm you guys yeah we had those, uh, you had, those apps you had okay. figured out a bria app yeah you we were using bria okay yeah you figured think, out an app you had connected it i mean again the ingenuity was great because all i said was figure it out guys <laughs> and they I figured it out gabe, they always found a way i think that gabe's bria works better than mine at the time so he was he found a Wi-Fi signal that worked and he was sitting there. So I was sitting next to him. We literally took a picture sitting uh, next to this, like, you know how storefronts bring down chain met like netting when they close. Like there was literally chains in front of this place um, because they weren't open yet as we're sitting there on the, on the curb basically with our laptops on our laps trying to do this. And eventually the place opened and Gabe being Gabe, walked in and asked them if we could use their router and in some terrible Italian nonsense, you know, whatever it was at the time. And, and they let us use the router for, and the sad thing was it was like only an hour left of our shift or something sad like that. Like, yeah. and it was really good internet and we worked for a little bit in there, but it was like, 
<laughs> we just were so desperate at the time and you know it ended up working out that's how most of the times we figured it out were we'd get up against our time where we were supposed to be on and it was like well we, we better figure it out like wow yeah. well i'm gonna i want to um i want to kind of move us down the road of um just some practical things can i share my have. favorite spot first yeah, please. Yeah, go, oh, please. Go. I thought that was. Oh, really yeah, I just want to. Go ahead. Please. I'll no, well, I mean, that was, that was a good one because we were like sitting on like a homeless person on the sidewalk with our laptops. Yeah. You know, people are walking past us. We're like, what are they doing? We you know? good, that was the important thing. Like, we, we looked we good. We did. It has been a rough time of traveling. <laughs> uh, we did. We had done um, also in Trino uh, co working spaces, which was huge. Mm-hmm. The community that we found in, some of, in this one co working space was like second to none. They brought us in. They were super kind. They had like a ping pong tournament and like barbecue. That was phenomenal. Um, but I think one of my favorite places will be when we were in London at Nick Sharp's house, his old flat in this tiny, tiny apartment in Northern London. And it's above like this car garage and we would be, you know, get up and we'd be selling and his housemate would come in and be like, what are you guys doing? Cause we're like taking up the whole living room with like, wires everywhere and laptops. And, and then we'd go downstairs and have like Thai food at the uh, place on the street. And that was, oh, I don't know. God. I just remember that being like the funnest time. Like you just, we got to experience uh, London for two weeks because of it. <laughs> oh, spicy Basil. I can't believe you remember the name of that place. It was so good. So, and we just found a college friend from back in the day and he let us crash there. Well, that reminds me of, I uh, remember Gabe when we were in, um, when we were in Granada, Spain together, Siete Gatos, and we are all set up in the back, uh, like a bunch yeah, of cards and yeah. Wi-Fi's, all of us. There, it was uh, Mickey, it was Will, uh, me, Gabe, uh, Caleb. I don't think I was there. You weren't there, Caleb, Abel. Uh, will that's what it, yeah you weren't there and it was and so you know you can make remote work fun and this was long before corona this was long before this was cool and the cool the best part about it is our clients loved these guys they loved the remote workers because because of the stories you're hearing they connect with people they're refreshed every day it's not just sitting at the same desk where we get mundane and i think just your geography and your ability to sell wherever you were created a really intentional connection with our customers and so that yeah, we was we had isrs in in different locations in montana that we talked to every day to try to set up jobs that were like so where are you guys at today yeah, they loved it. They were like, "Where are your, where's your team at? I'm like, I don't even know. I just want to make sure they answer all the calls and make the sales and make sure your customers are happy like, and make sure windshields are getting installed and glasses getting put in. Um, so good job, you guys. Uh, the last little story um, that I can leave at a high, high level was that Caleb and, um, and Abel also had taken a trip down the Baja to Mexico, California. And one night, and I'm just going to recap the story, and you definitely can add to it if you need to, they had this really sketchy Airbnb and they were, uh, they were staying at it. And then they, um, they went out and they were playing in the sand dunes, like doing big somersaults and stuff. And we're halfway down the hill. Jim, we're front flipping in the sand. Dunes. Oh yeah. Sorry. They weren't let's say frolicking in the dunes. It was they, not they a were, somersault. It was an actual flip. Full, full front flips. Long story short, these knuckleheads lost their keys in a sand dune. To their oh car. my gosh. I totally forgot about all that. And they call the me and they're like, we don't have our key. We don't have our keys. They are lost. And I'm like, and this was before Gabe, but this was like just Caleb and Abel. So it's now 50% of my workforce. I'm like, if they don't find these keys, they don't get back to their Airbnb. We're, you know, how do we service our clients? And they sat there and just combed the dunes um, and they found the keys. And it was like the most glorious event for everybody involved. <laughs> and it was like cheers, like like NASA, like someone landed on the moon. We were all so excited they found the keys to that car because heaven knows what would have happened. So, you know, you, you're going to encounter stuff like that. And for those of you listening that have um, secretaries at home or guys driving around, you're trying to remote work all this, you're going to have problems come up. You have to embrace them. I think we took it lightheartedly. I mean, I was panicked, um, but um, we rolled with it. You know, um, even this morning we did a live cast on Facebook. It wouldn't let Will share his screen. We just laughed it off and said, you know what? We will figure it out. We'll come back at it. And customers love that authenticity. So I want to make sure that all of you take away some stuff today because you're talking to two of the best OG remote workers and it's a great and you're listening to them and I want to make sure some good takeaways and, and some of you are like these are great stories they're you're enjoying the show but I want you to walk away with what are some like you can sink your teeth in what are some things you can do first of all I'll talk about what, what was important to me and then these guys can talk about what's important to them for me webcams were crucial for any um, important discussions if I had to talk with them about something serious 
I really encourage them to use their webcam. Right now with the coronavirus, like people are hiding behind their names and that's okay for some meetings that aren't as important. But if you're having a real meeting that involves coaching or a connection to see them, to look at their face, please use that. Don't be self-conscious. It's just like meeting in an office. You have to see each other. We have to read off of body tones. And I always tried to do that. wasn't always able to, but I always tried to, especially if I was giving them you know, coaching or, or tough news or had to talk to them about something that frustrated me. And I think that kept our team culture high. The second thing, um, created a coachable culture. We talked about that earlier. Um, working remote means you have to coach even more than you do at an office. So create a culture where coaching is okay. We do that now in bid clips like crazy. Every week I coach every one of our team members. We just get together. We go through some, some customer service calls or clips and we review them and we coach them. We talk about them. And then we also promote the wins too. You can't just come down on your people or they get really depressed, especially at home, especially now. So when you're doing coaching, you just got to start with something really positive. Show a win, then show one that needs a little bit of work and use it as a chance to connect because that's what people work for. Um, and then that helps to stay intentional with your business during this remote time. Like I said, I think a lot of owners, especially in the trades, guys, this is, we're old fashioned industry. We're old, the only industry older than the trades are mail carriers, postal carriers. We're literally, it, that is a Gartner study. We are the second oldest industry. So this is all new for us and it's scary. So for those of you listening that are just not feeling good about all this and trying to manage your team from home, this is a great chance to be intentional. So um, through games, through coaching, through webcams, through intentionality, um, and then like I said earlier, competition, just having them compete with each other in fun ways, whether it's an Amazon gift card or, or letting them have fun from home, um, will help you a ton to keep spirits high until we get through this season. Um, and then when we get through the season, this might be the way your business just works. So that's my takeaway as, a, as an owner or manager. For those of you listening, those are the big areas that, that can help you right now. And now let's listen to these three because all three of them are remote workers. What, what things do you guys help you to be productive and are good for other people listening that are working from home? I think it's important to mention, I'm just going to sort of piggyback on my ex personal experiences now, is that you have to have people that are actually motivated to, to be part of your team, right? So there's a certain point where different people have different reactions to situations. So if something goes wrong when I'm supposed to be on my shift remotely, right, I'm going to do the best I can to actually make that work, right? I have people under me now that their car breaks down on the way to Chipotle and they can't figure it out. They call and they say, I'm not going to make it to my shift. You know, that's just Uber. one attitude, right? Right. There's many ways to get to work that don't involve mm. that. But some people just have that attitude where it's like, well, I don't, I don't need to make it into work today. I'll, I'd like to have the day off. They'll figure it out, right? And so I think it's important to be self-starters, which we talked about. But, but it's just instilling in people that expectation that they need to figure it out, Right. Some people don't have that innate ability and they're very frustrating as workforce. Great right? point. Right? And, and if you're looking for workers, a remote team, you can actually get people. We always pick the right people. I didn't care where they lived. I want the right person. If Gabe calls me today and says, this is a good person, or if Caleb calls me and we're still friends and says, this person would be great. It's a young person or whatever. They, they want to work remotely. You can find better people, I think, sometimes remote because you're not limited to just who applies at your local local area so very good caleb craig starters time because people all lost work you know yeah and, yep. and i mean there was always that motivation when service station was first becoming a thing was stay-at-home moms things like that like certain demographics that we were looking for now you have a much greater workforce or, or pool of people to choose from i would say so if you're listening to this and you don't have a job work on showing yourself as a self-starter because there's a lot of these companies doing this and like caleb said you have to show real examples of how you're going to make it make it happen cool thank you caleb that's awesome i remember when i first started working for a service station i didn't know any of these guys <clears throat> um i knew one person in the whole company who has been one of my best friends for years. Shout out to Anna. She's actually our oldest person. Or she's not oldest. She's she's beautiful and young, but she's uh, she's um, <laughs> she's our longest uh, last person. Anna Rawls. Anna yeah, Rawls is Anna still Rawls, here, yeah. still oh, cranking, and she's been with us that. forever. So yeah. shout out to yeah. Anna for her, just her I think longevity. She's the OG stay-at-home mom. She's the yeah, OG. She was, she's yep. the, she was yeah, right yeah. at the same time of Abel. So she still has. She now has the right. longest standing. Um, just and you know, as long as if Gabe can outlast her, then he'll take it over. But right now. Yeah, she's Anna. still 
still she's still right, with the company. Yeah. She's and her and I still talk every single day. I was a bridesmaid at her wedding. I mean, we're just That's super, cool. super close. And um That's weird that I didn't know that. Yeah, that is weird. <laughs> I but I was um I was I had just quit my job because I have three kids and my husband works um, and we're very, very blessed that he has such a good job and that he, that he makes a, a very good wage and can pay all of our bills and, and provide what does he do, Mickey? for our family. He's an auto body painter. Yeah. So listen, guys, if you're listening to this and you're a younger person, because you were told to listen to it by me, um, go into the trades. Her husband yes. and Mickey are the great example of a trades family who are doing really yes. well. And they're, they're the model family in Bozeman, Montana of all places. And he loves his work. So, so please don't discount. Yeah. Any trades just person. some background on my husband. I mean, he's, he graduated high. We had a baby in high school actually. Um, so both of us, um, still finished and graduated from high school, um, instead of just dropping out and getting our GEDs. Um, but which is fine too. G I mean, your GED is fine as well, but, um, <laughs> he never went to college. He never, um, he never went to college because we had a baby and we had to, you know, we got married. I was 16 when we got married and he was 18. Like we just started so young and he just luckily fell into, um, this job and, um, you might have to bleep this part out, but he started out as the shop bitch. <laughs> We're not it. bleeping anything out. We've all been there. We've all been a shop bitch at one point. Yeah, yeah he would just, like sweep the floors, wash the cars. He was my shop bitch when we first started in Europe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, just do stuff like that. And then um, and at an auto body shop until they, they tra started training him. Um, and now he's been doing that for um, like what, 16 years now. And um, he's, he's a painter. He made over $150,000 last year and doesn't have a hundred thousand dollars in student loans. So um, I mean, and my dad too, my dad's a plumber and he's the same, that's the same thing. No student loans ever. And he, he makes around the same amount. So you guys will hear us plug trades careers like crazy. So good to go into. Yeah. Yes. Yes. We try to tell our boys, like you really don't need to go to college, even though your school keeps telling you yeah. to, that you won't be worth anything. If you don't go to college, you could just go and learn a trade and yeah. be be if, that's, well if, that, off, if that's your but... calling, if that's your calling, go for it. Like my wife, you know, yeah. nurse or something. If it's your calling, go for it. If it's not right, your if calling, there's like certain things, like lawyer, you know if you, you want to be a doctor, if you want to be a nurse, mm -hmm. or if you want to be a teacher, that you have to go to school for. But don't go to school for you know to make just, friends or just to drink. Yeah, you know, like just, you can you can yeah. do that while working your trades job and be making money yeah, while you're enjoying sure. your friends. Yeah. But cool. anyway, so Anna, um, coming back to that, Anna and I, like I said, we talk every day. I had just quit my job because, because we have three boys, every time that I would get a job working outside the house, once summer vacation hit, I would have to quit because daycare for three children is just insane. And I would be making like a hundred dollars a month after paying for daycare, which I'd rather be home raising my kids than, than having someone else raise them for, to, to bring home a hundred dollars. So I told Anna one day, um, she was saying something about, about working. And I said, Anna, um, you should hook me up with a job where you work because I'm a stay at home mom whose kids are all in school and I have a real sexy phone voice. And she just <laughs> laughed and I had texted, I had texted it to her and she sent me a message back that said, I just screenshotted that and sent it to my boss. And uh, a couple days later, I, um, get a text message from Jim saying, Hey, Anna said that we need to, uh, you know, interview you. Why don't you send over a resume? And, and we'll, and we'll talk about and that real quick. Now here I am real quick because they, uh, they, that's one thing that separates service station from other companies. And we still do this till today. You can either, um, you can either prove your way in by, by talking to some of our existing team and convincing them you belong on the team. I always mm -hmm. let our company hire people the set, but then you can also do something creative. And Anna, um, I, I met her at a wedding years and years ago. And she's like, I want to work for your company. And I was like, I don't think you have what it takes. You're, you're in California. You won't wake up early enough. Which was the and craziest goes, thing you ever said. And she yeah. And she's like, Oh, so I won't it. wake up early enough. So for like a week, she would call me at 5am her time 
and at seven our, our six our time, our six Montana time, eight Eastern. I'm ready to go. Y'all work for me. I'll work. And I was like, geez, who is this kid? You know, and Dr. A. Caleb's part, it was a self-starter. The job was, was sexy enough that they were going to work to get it. And even it wasn't about the money. It's about freedom, working from home, meeting friends. The culture guys is as important as the income. Yes. Income's a real thing. You got to make money somewhere, but mm-hmm. culture is as important. So then um, I get a box, Travis, our manager who Caleb referenced earlier, mm-hmm. gets a box and he goes, run up to me. He's like, Anna sent you a gift from Anna Rawls. Who is this? I'm like, Oh, what did she do? And I should have worn that today. I'll do that when I interview Anna. She'll be in one of the pods for sure. Um, and, uh, and I open up or he opens up the box and, and I lift up and it's a t-shirt that spelled higher Anna in reverse. So in the mirror, I can see it. And then Travis, our manager was wearing one that said higher Anna that I could read. And we still have those shirts. They're still like in my archives. And when Mickey started with us, um, I also got a nice package in the mail. Um, and uh, I still never met Mickey in person. And we've worked together every freaking day. That's how you can do remote teams. I, in the mail, I get a beautiful red pillow that says bid clips across the side. And it was like, she took the time to embroider it, showing she's artistic, she's detail-oriented. And I was like, I'm totally, totally going to bring this person on. I didn't even really need Mickey at the time, but I wanted Mickey at the time. So if you're an owner and a good person comes across your doorstep, find a job for them. Um, make it work. Hold them accountable. You know, there's always, my grandpa used to say, there's always a door open for the right person. So anyways, great job, Mickey. You have a cool story. Um, Gabe, well, how about you? What did you take away from those years in the, in the sleigh field? Well, I got a I mean, a list of things, but one of the big ones was getting daily check-ins from you, Jim, like as a manager, having, knowing, like getting a call from you was like a kick in the pants or like shot of adrenaline. Cause some days like we weren't making the sales, you know, maybe we were in a funk or had a rough night before. And so we're like, well, what are, you know, start the next day and you're just not motivated, but then you get a call from you and like, oh, okay, that's right. We are part of something bigger. So that was helpful. Uh, working with Caleb was massive. I'd say, you know, for all the people working at home, the more you can stay connected to your team and build individual relationships, the more everything is going to flow uh, more easily, you know, be it uh, asking questions. You never know when you need help with something and having somebody like Caleb who has been at the company a lot longer, it just made everything flow more easily. And I was, I'm definitely a much better salesman because of it. So, and then being in a place that you want to be, you know, whenever like in the place I'm in now on my parents' ranch in Montana, because Australia is closed because of the coronavirus, which is where I'm supposed to be right now. Background. Um, he's, he's loves Olivia. meeting everybody. He has a, a lady friend in Australia <laughs> and he was, he was flying to see her and gets turned around in LA or he was at the airport. He was going to get on the plane in like yeah. a romantic comedy. He was forced away. And so we're all excited to see what happens when this passes and he's able to, well, maybe, that you is try, maybe you should try story, sailing your ship to see her. <laughs> and Gabe, you I know, Caleb. Uh, no, no. I mean, I was literally on the plane to move to Australia. Oh my gosh! So I was like planning to be gone. Visit her? No, he was going to move there no. just two months ago. So Corona has hit us square in the face. And guess what? He's going to do in Australia. Keep working for us at freaking right. yep. odd hours of the night because he's part of our team. He's part of our family. And until he decides yeah. to leave, that's up to him. And so. Um, yeah, that's fantastic. I forgot. Jeez, I forgot. It seems like yesterday. I just kind of, we're all getting through this together and I forget about that yeah. stuff. What, what, around yeah. what time are they turning around planes? They turned it. So my flight was going to leave and uh, the border was going to close to non-Australian citizens six hours into my flight. It's a 14 hour flight. So I would have landed and, uh, gone to customs like, no, we can't let you in. And I was hoping I'd be kind of grandfathered in, you know? Um, but they, they stopped us at the gate in LA and they're like, Nope, won't have it. So I had to fly back to uh, Redding, California and then road trip out to Montana before everyone started doing quarantining in place. And now I'm here at my parents' ranch, which is great. Cause we have the great internet, but, uh, <laughs> right. So what, but now what I'm just kidding. Is that actually though? That's my main. Um, say that again, Caleb. What, I don't what, think. I don't what think day was that? Like, I don't, I'm trying to get a timeline Two because weeks all ago, of this stuff kind of blends together in my head three weeks ago right Gabe? Mm, three weeks ago. yeah i think well i think it's like two and a half now i want to say it's around the 26th or 27th yeah okay. when it actually okay. happened so wow. hmm. yep Jeez. well but now you know, i'm in a place i really like to work at you know i'm at my parents place here we have good internet and you know you 
I think people forget that you get to control what your workspace looks like, what it like, how you start it, what you listen to before you work, what you listen to while you're at work. You know, I think some people take the mentality of, oh, I'm just going to work and it's just, you know, my boring old job and whatever else. Like, no, make it someplace that you want to go to. And yeah, yeah. so yeah, that's all about that for me. He set all of that up. He set all of that up. If you guys, if you're listening to this, he's got like this ranchette, uh, like decor in the background with a big clock. If you didn't know anything about Gabe and you were watching this visually, you'd be like, he's on a ranch. Three horses. He's on a ranch for sure. And uh, I'm in my mom's office. Flowers everywhere. Gabe is the one that um, that trained me, and uh, so for working from so Gabe and I have never met in person either. Jim and I have never met in person. I've been with the company for almost two years. She's never met me in person either. Never met Caleb in person. Just want y'all to know. Yes, (laughs) I have met Caleb and Gabe in person. But um, I think you know, thank goodness with technology today, because Gabe trained me completely over Zoom, and uh, he would sit in a zoom channel with me and he would just listen. I would share like my audio and the, the customer as well. And so he could listen to my whole phone call. I'd get off the phone with the customer and he'd say, that was really great. This is what you did. Uh, or this is what you forgot to ask them, you know, stuff like that. And this is before bid clips when we were, when we were still service station. Um, so kudos to you, Gabe. I yeah. think that you were an absolutely amazing um, just leader and coach and you were coaching the whole team at that point. So really quick, why don't you just tell us, um, how you have evolved in the company since you've changed jobs so many times. Yeah. So I started out answering calls. Um, they transitioned to answering calls and like kind of managing some semblance of the team and then being a coach on actual you know, keep making sure I train all the new people as well as managing the existing team. And now I'm at the position I'm at now, which is account executive, basically salesman. Now I'm pitching our program outbound. I started doing inbound stuff, answering calls. Now I'm doing outbound, showing uh, new companies that are program on our sales platform. And it's just uh, another semblance of what I did before, except for I'm going out now, but I'm still using all the same tools I learned at the beginning. And also one thing, Mickey, too, it's funny that we've never met in person because I do feel like I know you so well, even though I we've know. never been in the same room together. It's crazy. I know. It's, it's, it, it is insane because I, I know, I, like, like I was saying at the beginning of the episode, I feel like um, I know a ton about you. I don't know almost anything about Caleb, but I feel like I know you so well. And yeah, we've never been in the same room together. The I mean, it was the it's same. the Slayer's Cove. Probably even it the same the town. Same. We've probably never even been in the same town at the same time. It was the same way with Anna Rawls because I trained her when she first started working and we talked all the time and I'd never, I hadn't met her in person until like two or three years ago. Yeah. And I still like Snapchat her from time to time. Like I see videos of her kids doing, you know, Florida, but yeah. yeah, Another, another, another Corona, another Corona story on that is that Mickey and I, I actually, we planned to meet in person a few weeks ago. Um, I was like, heck with this Corona, we're going to, we're going to push through it. It was before it was obviously the pandemic. It was very early. So it would have been like February, right? But anyways, yeah, boomer, then we decided so not to meet because of it. We, we wanted to be good citizens, stay at home. But I was about to meet. So even Corona now, it's like, who knows when I'll meet her now. It could be years. Right? But, but it, so that that was a really good point, Mickey. And yeah, and I want to thank both of these guys. I mean, Gabe and Caleb both. I mean, Caleb's always been the silent killer. He's always been a great coach. He's always helped us. He's always, um, you know, we've, we've had ups and downs like any relationship. But one nice thing about our culture is since we've built a culture it extends beyond the workforce and we can be friends and we, we yeah. you don't have to always have the tensions rub you wrong the other thing about gay about that's interesting and for the entrepreneurs listening or like you know what i don't know like how do i how do i rise people up well service stations always wanted people to go in to manage a chipotle or to go on to work uh, able works in a financial firm now and gabe said to me just a year ago or so he said i want to one day own run my own business you know and i said okay let me just keep letting you learn in my business our business and you'll either run our business or run your own and i'd embrace that and that's okay everybody that's part of growth whether it's your family your employees or your your workers so don't be afraid of that let your team figure it out. And everyone has different motivations. Some people just wanted to, like Caleb was saying, be able to make that little extra money while you're traveling, or it's kind of like a job while you're in a in, in between part of life. Some people want to do this as a full career and we have that too. So create the opportunities. So. Yeah. Beautiful. 
Good. Well, the, uh, the last thing, so the last thing I'll leave you with before we wrap up here is, um, and this is where if you're, if you're, you know, if you've, if you've fallen asleep, listen to the podcast, wake up and listen to these three things. First of all, one, people perform well when their results speak louder than their hours. Create a team and demand results that are reasonable results. Let them set their results and then hold them to that. Inspect what you expect. My great, my uncle Steve, one of my, one of my mentors always told me that. Second, um, by nature of the virtual remote culture we have, um, focus more on connection versus taking your employees for granted. I'm guilty of that. I own stores for years. I own physical locations, glass shops. And it's easy to take the people you're with physically uh, for granted every day. And a remote kind of forces you to dive in and connect because they're far away and you want to know what they're doing. So embrace that as a connection opportunity. And for the people around us, I think I don't have to say this, but the pandemic has definitely made me appreciate anybody who's around me. And, and when that lifts, yeah. you can see people again. You know, I, all I'm saying is don't take anyone for granted. Then the third thing is, but the nice thing about remote work um, is time zones. If you have a, a service shop, we're open 24 hours a day. Emergencies happen, right? A lot of you guys out there, your customers call, cars broken down, their home is busted, their, their basement's flooding. By having a remote team, you can cover like seven in the morning to like seven at night without having to staff a bunch of overtime if you do it right. So time zones are great. And then the last item I'm going to leave us with today as we wrap up is have some freaking fun. If you're listening to this podcast, I know some of you are like, well, they're just buddy, buddy. Yes, we are. Because the people we work with are the people we spend our lives with. So if you don't enjoy working around the people, don't go get rid of them or change your job necessarily. Make it fun. Find things that connect. We are all different, even on this phone call. And make it a fun place to work. Embrace that as an owner. I don't care how old-fashioned we are. I'm wearing a freaking flamingo shirt today. Like, have some fun with our job. And then the last thing for me, some of you out there that are entrepreneurial, uh, a lot of times we can be ADD or have our, our brains going a million different directions at a million times. I love to work all different places. I work here in the cottage. I work from our boat. I work upstairs in my house in the Lazy Boy. I work on the couch. I, I change it up a little bit and I find dedicated spots that get me motivated that day. Some people like Nikki like their spot. They work there. They're productive there. That's what they do. So remote work also allows you to connect. So um, yeah, so those are my, my last takeaways for all of you listening. Hopefully you can rewind that and write them down and make it happen. Uh, thank you, Gabe. Thank you, Mickey. Obviously, I love having you each episode. This is so fun to have you on here. Caleb, we miss you, man. We're excited to see you dominating the Chipotle life. And I'm glad you, you can feel how I felt managing people. And uh, I hope that brings us together as friends. And uh, yeah, and so... Please stay tuned to the next episodes. I want to thank BidClips for um, making this happen. Um, they're obviously our sponsor and, and own the podcast. And, uh, and this is Today in Trades. And you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, or Podbean. Yes, and we have a YouTube channel, Today in Trades, if you want to see us. Um, it is just Zoom because we're quarantined. But you know what? Beggars can't be choosers. So again, Today in Trades. Jim, uh, what, if, what if you tweet? How can we follow you on Twitter? We, ha yeah, we have a Twitter account and we have two followers, one of which is your cousin and one of which is our marketing director. So we are Twitter failing, but in light of, you know, today's age, I'm okay with that. You know, uh, I hope the Jim, right Jim, hold on. You got to tell Caleb, you got to leave this with telling Caleb what happened on Twitter originally. Okay. Yeah. We have one last little story. Everyone's like, God, they just shut this podcast down. The answer is no. They can, they can stop we don't care. Going. We All don't right. care about how big yeah, our audience is. We want thing. the right audience. And this is my Twitter. So for about a year, Caleb. I've been managing the Twitter account. I am not a social media guy. Just in a small business, you just do everything, and, you know. And um, and I was trying to keep a Twitter alive, so every time I would post on Instagram um, for the company, I would post it over to Twitter. And never, and you know, I followed like 50 people in our industry, people I want to kind of connect with or have as guests. Long story short, about uh, three months ago or so, I'm laying in bed, and my wife's my wife goes. Wait, you have a you have a Twitter account? And I said, Well, yeah, of course we have a Twitter account, honey. What is this? You know, nineteen ninety-eight. You know? Um, and she's like, Oh, and she like looks over my shoulders and she and she starts scrolling through my phone and she's like, You you only have two followers and you've been posting for over a year. <laughs> and she goes, she just looks, she's like, This is the most pathetic thing I've ever seen. <laughs> and she goes, Wait a minute, one of the followers is Gabe's cousin. 
<laughs> it was like this. I just looked at her defeated and I was like, yeah, I'm going to stick to what I'm good at. So you I'll just go talk. Turn that over podcast. to like Johnny Knox or somebody. That I know I have to social media. Talk about like let, turning things to our team. I definitely need help. So, but you guys, you know, we don't, like I said, we don't care how big the following is here. If it's five viewers, five listeners or 5,000 listeners, we just want the right people to listen to our podcast. So if you're in the yeah. trades and you're growing in the trades and you're, you're building your business and you're driving around in your truck, join us. We're going to make it entertaining. We're going to try to bring you guys stuff every week. So thank you, Gabe and Caleb. I, I doubt this is the last time you guys are on the podcast, um, but I definitely appreciate your time and I appreciate you, Mickey, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, you guys. Thank you. Adios. Thanks for having us.